In this episode, we chat with volunteer Nicole Camelli. Since 2017, Nicole has been donating her time as a trained wish granter. She also has supported the chapter by participating in a variety of events and fundraisers, like our Stars at Home virtual talent show. Here is Nicole Camelli. Nicole, welcome to the Wish House podcast. Hey, thank you. What's going on? Share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Nicole. I'm uh, 28. I'll be 29 next month. Um, I work for a small company up in White Plains, and I've been working at some home since March, like a lot of other people. Um, I've been with Make-A-Wish now, volunteering for about three years, I think, and I've been a wish grantor for two. Um, That's been really fun, still doing it in uh, these hard times. I just had a wish meeting yesterday. And uh, still going, still still trying to grant some wishes. That's awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, and, and just to confirm, you have been officially a volunteer with our chapter for a little over three years. Your your, your anniversary date is September oh 25th, 2017. <laughs> so happy anniversary. I'm uh, Belated. <laughs> it really does. You know, it's interesting. When, when we were doing some of the research, um, you know, background, back stuff on all on, on before the interview, uh, one of the things that surprised me was that you had only been around I know because I feel like you've been around a lot longer you've done so much during those three years including being a wish grantor helping out at fundraising events assisting with social media also which we'll talk about a little bit later on you know some uh, some different events that we've had in the past um but yeah let's kind of go back a little bit you just you kind of mentioned that you're currently working still on wishes you know that's one of the things for those that are listening in on this uh, podcast is that Throughout the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, our, our process of granting wishes has completely flipped um, from being in person to have then having uh, volunteers visit with kids virtually. Uh, and so you're one of those volunteers that were kind of on the cutting edge of that process, you know, because you were going to be actually one of the first volunteers to kind of get your hands dirty in a sense with our wish game cube, which you know, right. it's very specific to our chapter. We were really excited to push it out. We had all this stuff lined up for it. And um, and unfortunately, we weren't able to kind of execute it the way we had envisioned it. But tell us a little bit about your experience transitioning from an in-person wish granting volunteer to then it being totally virtual. Uh, yeah, it's definitely been a transition to say the least. Um, I'm someone who like, I love doing things in person and like high fives and handshakes and just kind of like doing things on the computer, just like relying on phone and all that. It's really hard, um, especially at, when it comes to like younger kids or it's just like kind of trying to get them to like sit on like a Zoom call um, and just to, like kind of explain things like where I think like the cube would be like perfect about you know dealing with someone like younger kids where it's more hands-on more fun kind of like a game it's hard to do that stuff um on the computer but you know I mean there's always a way to make it work um you know if it's like relying on you know the parents to kind of help out and even if it is just taking like I'm doing one where it's taking quite a few calls to kind of like narrow it down to what they want to wish for I mean we have the time so if that's what it takes like just kind of like a little more of an effort but um I mean as long as like it happens that's really what matters in the end <laughs> and, and I have to say that you know props to our volunteer base for being able to pivot in their way of working 
really um, over the course of like almost a month. So we shut down as a chapter, you know, as far as, you know, what we were doing, you know, on Wishes mid-March. And then come mid-April, we were already, we had things in place to kind of support you guys to start the process of having, of revisiting or reimagining our way of granting wishes. And that was going, again, from in-person to totally virtual wish visits. And then obviously the elephant in the room, which is the fact that we can't grant right now travel-related wishes as a result of the pandemic. Um, so a lot of wishes either were put on hold, uh, which meant a lot more virtual communications over the course of this period of time. Or we had kids that chose to switch up their wish. We had a lot of travel wishes that turned into online shopping sprees or you know, laptop or computer wishes. We had kids that had gaming computers that you know, obviously now in the pandemic, it's like the perfect time for getting into a, a, a game right now, a video game. Um, and so, you know, we had to kind of change our way of, of doing things and we couldn't do it without the support of our volunteers. So for you, if you can kind of share a little bit about what motivated you to volunteer back in 2017 um, with our, our organization, our chapter? Um, I feel like it was kind of like a mixture of things. Like I had a few family members who have worked with the foundation for when I was a kid and just kind of like hearing about it and things like that. Um, and I think just like at the time, I was um, just kind of like feeling at a point where I was like, you know, I need to be doing more with my life in like a sense where like I felt very like lucky to be where I was and like healthy and all that stuff. And there were people and kids who definitely couldn't say that. And I just really wanted to kind of do something that I could, which I realized a lot of people my age really aren't doing. Um, which is kind of like surprising. So it kind of just made me want to get involved a little bit more and, you know, kind of represent my generation in that sense, um, in a small way, but also just doing things uh, for like younger kids who aren't so lucky, like in the position that I am. I'm happy you mentioned the whole youth thing, because that actually is one of our biggest pain points as not just an organization, but specifically our chapter here in the Hudson Valley is getting not just youth volunteers, but we do get a lot of good engagement from middle schools, high school age kids, mm -hmm. but it's that kind of early 20s, you know, mid 20 age group that it's kind of hit and miss. Like we get really dynamic volunteers like yourself that kind of are in that age range. Um, but, you know, I, I guess it kind of makes sense because you, you think about it around that time or that age, you have people just finishing up college, maybe just getting into their careers. And then around that half you know, you know, point of their 20s, they're thinking, okay, now I'm kind of getting things kind of somewhat settled. Now maybe it's a good time to do something else to kind of fill in my, my time. So um, what would you say is one of the things that maybe we can work on as, as a way to maybe attract more youth volunteers, maybe more early 20 volunteers that are more tech savvy and have a little bit more of an understanding of how social media works and other things like that, because that is obviously the way that a lot of people get their information. A lot of people fulfill their altruistic wants and needs um, throughout the year is doing it through social media. So um, what do you think might be a good solution for something like that for us to kind of start working on? Give me some hints. We need the help. <laughs> um, I mean, totally with social media, especially for someone like me, like I'm always connecting on that way. Um, especially through Instagram, I'm always like seeing a notification if you guys post and I'll like, like it. And like, that's how I find out a lot of news about certain things. Um, 
which I think is really smart, especially with people like my age. That's kind of how we find out like our news and all that information. So social media for sure. Um, any other ones? Can I just add something to that? So, so this is the perfect opportunity for those that are listening in. If you're not following us on social media, you need to follow us and set your notifications, right? Just like Nicole has it. So if you want to follow us on all of our social media platforms, you can just follow us at Make-A-Wish HV. That's M-A-K-E-A-W-I-S-H-H-V. And follow us right now. We're on social, we're on all those major social media platforms, including Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We have a Snapchat. Um, you know, we also have Twitter. So we encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast, connect with us. You'll find all that information also in our show notes um, in, with every episode that we put out. So definitely for, you know, get involved at the very least. If you may not be sure, if you're not sure whether or not you can volunteer right now, at the very least, you could at least sign up um, via social media and just follow our chapter page. See what's happening at our chapter, whether it's wishes that we're granting, events that we're hosting, or stories that we're looking to share, that's a great maybe first step in getting involved with the organization. I have to say, Nicole, I do appreciate uh, your likes and your your hearts on our Instagram page because you're one of the first ones that always uh, is looking out for us and, and sharing stuff. So thank you for your support because we need that. We need, we need more <laughs> volunteers to kind of follow our stuff and 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 also sharing things. You know, like it, you know, a lot of times it's so easy to just do a share on your Insta stories and. Um, and you've done that a lot over the years. And, and even at the same time, even participating on events and things like that and showing and sharing those things in social media, that's extremely helpful for us to get the word out to people that otherwise we may not really be connected to directly. And actually, that kind of brings me to my next question about with social media since we're on that topic. You know, how did it feel for you? Because one of the things we, we, we try to start doing in the last few years is getting more onto social media, having more of a presence there. And one of the things that we kind of tested the waters out with was with our J.P. Doyle's charity softball game. We actually paired you up with one of our wish alum, Jeremy, who um, and you guys kind of took over our social media for that event. How did that go? What were your thoughts about it? Um, do you think we should do more of that in the future? What do you think? I loved that. And I loved it so much that like I came back for like the second year and I was so mad that we couldn't do it this year because of COVID. Um, but that's like one of the funnest things I had, like one as a volunteer and just, just as like a human being in general. Um, I loved working with Jeremy, like, uh, we still follow each other on Instagram and like keep in touch. Cause he's just such a cool kid. Um, and just being able to like talk to him and hang out with him and then just like everyone else sharing all the social media. Um, and then just like doing, you know, like, I think he sang the national anthem that year. And like, we did like a live, which was really fun. And um, all different little things and it just shows how like it's so easy just to like something on Instagram but like to share it is like a completely other playing field um, but I think that is like one of the big things that we do like social media wise too and like getting the word out and like I definitely saw like a big change in like presence from like the first year I was there to the second year like I feel like a lot more people came the second time around maybe that was social media thing or whatever but um yeah I love that softball game it's so fun that's awesome and, and actually you one of the other things you've helped us out a lot with is um you know and, and I'm curious I'm, I'm curious for you to share a little bit about the, the nuances with all the events because events are not kind of a one-size-fits-all you know the, the charity softball game that JP Doyle's hosts every year I mean that's a that's an external event 
right? Uh, but then we have internal events like our um, like our annual wish ball. You know that fortunately this year we won't be able to have in person, but um, but that's another event that you volunteered in, which is a completely different animal. What are the kind of differences, similarities between like an external event like JP Doyle's charity softball game, and then you have an internal event that's hosted and everything is done logistically internally by the office. What are your thoughts on it as a volunteer? Similarities, but also a lot of differences. They're definitely like apples, oranges. Um, the softball game, I feel like is a lot more kind of like relaxed and, you know, whereas like the gala is a little more like kind of structured and there's more kind of like regulations that like we all have to like kind of go by and like have like something for like dress code to just, getting all like the donations in when we go into the ballroom and do the whole thing. Um, so it's a little more intense, but it's definitely fun. Um, but I love doing both. Like last year was my first gala um, and I was mad I couldn't do it this year, but hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and by the time this episode airs, you know, hopefully, you know, things will be in a, we'll be in a better place as a, as a country, as a region, as a territory, as a city and town and, you know, area, neighborhood near you, um, you know, hopefully it'll, it will get better. Um, but, you know, it, we can look back at this time and say that there's there's been a lot of silver linings uh, route, you know, between, you know, pivoting completely as an organization from in-person to virtual visits to then pivoting from in-person fundraising events to all virtual. Um, you know, we've learned a lot, we've grown a lot. There's areas that we can definitely continue to improve on and grow upon, but, you know, we've also, in a, in a lot of weird ways, um, you know, has been able to spend more time at home with our families, um, you know, sometimes forced, you know, because of the quarantine and all that jazz. Um, but here we are, right? And, um, yep. but, you know, one of the things that, that and, and speaking of family, and one of the things that you kind of mentioned earlier was how when you were growing up, you saw some of your family members volunteer with Make-A-Wish. And one of them I actually did have an opportunity to work with and meet, uh, which is your Uncle Rich, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you have any idea of how he got involved with our chapter? Like how did do you, do you, what did he tell you about Make-A-Wish and kind of maybe what maybe nudged you to us? I really don't know exactly how he got involved because I was really young. Um, I think it probably had to have been like five or six when he, when I first knew that he did it. Um, I remember like not fully understanding the whole concept of it. Um, like, I then like learned later on in life, like what he was doing and that it was like different for other kids, like not like me, um, which kind of just growing up, you realize like I didn't have that many things that, that could relate to that, which is kind of how I got interested in it later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he was always kind of like my influence for this. I remember like him over the years kind of doing it and just hearing stories that he would like share about wishes and things like that um just kind of made me want to get involved and kind of do my part just seeing someone else in the family doing things like that is always nice um and really I remember really going with my first wish I was kind of like nervous because I like don't know like how it's gonna go and it's like you don't want to like mess it up um so I'd always kind of like text him and be like what am I doing and he would kind of just be like a good kind of like ally and a good kind of mentor in that sense um because he's been there before obviously it was like a different kind of make a wish that he was a part of but all in all similar. And you bring up a good point is the old Make-A-Wish and new Make-A-Wish. I mean, we've gone through so many different versions of wish granting. I mean, back in the day when Rich was volunteering, I mean, 
we had volunteers do a lot more than what, what they're doing now. I mean, from everything from they were the ones booking limos, they were the ones, you know, reaching out oh, wow. to local vendors. Yeah, it was totally different, which, you know, it's tough because as you're growing and you're, you're getting larger, you have to streamline certain parts of the process to ensure that there's consistency all the way throughout. And so, you know, things change and evolve like everything. And, you know, fast forward to now, you know, where everything is so streamlined and will continue to be, you know, streamlined over the, you know, in the years to come just to ensure that we're consistent with the wishes that we're able to present and, and give to our families, uh, but also to ensure that the volunteers know um, exactly what their roles are, you know, that it were being as clear and concise as possible so that you guys can do a good job and that you have everything you need to support you, um, which actually is a good question. I mean, do you feel like you're supported as a volunteer at our chapter um, enough? Do you, do you feel like there's areas that maybe we could improve on? Because one of the things that we're hoping to get out of a lot of these conversations on the podcast is, you know, let's, let's kind of shed some light on some of the areas that we can improve on, like maybe more need for youth volunteers or more of a presence on social media or maybe some additional things we can do maybe for supporting wishes, you know. So we're always looking for new ideas and, and perspectives that can help us provide a better overall experience to our families. Um, I think one of like the reasons why I always keep coming back to Mikulish is kind of always just feels like a little family um, and just kind of like just friends that you could kind of always rely on and talk to um, about like any type of situation. If it's like something going on with like a wish family or just you're unsure about like how a wish is going to go. So that's like, I love like that concept. Like I remember like when like Jillian first started about like a year ago, like kind of was just like, you're so used to like having like Abe on the front lines, like uh, doing all the volunteer stuff. And it was kind of like a switch, but like Jillian and I became like really close and um, she's always checking up on me and always like reaching out and making sure like everything's going well. And um, I just love that. And it feels like you're more than just kind of like, like a volunteer in the system. Like they're treating you like people. And I think that's like one of the reasons why I love coming back and love doing it so much is just because we're all kind of like a little, family you know what i have to you know say that it feel it's it's reciprocated you know on our end too because you know one of the things that you know we worked really hard at our chapter to do was to ensure that every volunteer is heard that we give you guys a platform to share your ideas and your thoughts and your constructive criticisms on where we could improve um and i think we've heard all of the stuff that we've over the years and we've implemented them immediately and then we there's immediate buyback buy-in from everyone because it's reflective of what people are asking for from little nuances to how do we do the registration forms for the walk or you know how should we you know do certain things for the wish ball like though that type of feedback really helps us refine the process even if we have different staff members over the years that are you know there's turnover and there's change but at the same time the experience on the volunteer end has been we try to keep it consistent that you get the same you know what you're banking in for you know what you're clocking in for when you go into an event you know what to expect and that's our hope is that there's always the same kind of process so you know it, it really warms my heart to know that you feel the same way um and that hopefully it's reflected upon the other volunteers as well in the volunteer base that yeah, which I think it's a, it's, it's a testament to what we try, which is that we are a team and we are really a family. You know, we are working collaboratively to impact children's lives and we can't do it without each other. So, um, you know, with that said, I mean, have you found, like, what are some of the challenges with, now that COVID is, is in play, you know, what are some of the challenges for you as a volunteer 
I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but you know, with connecting with your wish kids virtually, because you said, I mean, there are certain things you can do virtually that you used to do in person, but what are some of those other challenges that come up for you when you're trying to connect, you know, create an interpersonal relationship with a child that may be shy, may not be feeling great. And then on top of that, you have the distance of, you know, virtual, um, how do you kind of do you, what are some tactics or techniques you use to try to connect with them um, to build that relationship? Yeah, I think just cause like, I'm someone, you know, I love to kind of like give like the high fives and things like that and like kind of like be there in person. So it's definitely been a rough transition. But um, I mean, there's always something and that's always like a good thing with like kind of working with like a teammate on is that you can kind of like play off each other and like think of ideas. Um, I just did one recently and it was her birthday. So we sent like a little kind of like care package because she's in college. So we did a bunch of like snacks and treats and things that she would like because who doesn't love snacks in college um and just little things as like a reminder like hey like I know it's like a weird time but like we're here for you and like you know we're reaching out I wish you a happy birthday and you know hope that we can like talk soon kind of stuff and um you know like it definitely kind of forms that kind of like bonding connection you know even though we are far apart which is good um just kind of like little things like that even just kind of um with like the older kids who can like text just little like checkups like hey like what's going on like how's school how's like this going um and then like they'll just kind of like some like little things that they've been working on like I had a girl sending she was doing origami and like all her little like gorgeous origami things and I was like oh my god like show me how to do them like our next zoom call like I'll buy <laughs> the stuff and like show me like a little tutorial like that sounds so fun and just little like things to kind of like connect and be like we're still, we're working on it. And this is still a fun thing, even though we are kind of like far apart. That's really good. It's funny because, you know, for those that are listening in that don't really understand the background of how wishes work. So some of the stuff in the polls mentioning are is what we call wish enhancements and wish enhancements throughout the wish process or the wish journey of a child. It varies, you know, from, like you said, a tutorial on how to do origami you know, and having that kind of building that relationship with a child, or it could be like bringing, like sending uh, a little gift for um, a child's birthday or a particular holiday that's coming up. Those are all touch points that we have that volunteers have to connect with their wish kids throughout the wish journey process. And, um, you know, it's interesting you say that because that's one of the things that we have been, we've noticed has increased as a result of the pandemic is that there are more touch points there are more opportunities to do that. You know, we're doing it internally from the staff side of it, from the office. But then when you couple that along with the volunteers doing what they're doing with their monthly touch points with their wish kids, you know, the kids and the families, they don't feel disconnected to us, even though, you know, we haven't been able to meet in person. I mean, there's been a lot of wishes that we've granted during this, during the pandemic where they've never met in person, which is wild right. to me. You know, that, you know yeah. there's been so many wishes that were granted that started on a virtual call ended on a virtual call and that was a bit like that to me is you talk about change of how we do things you know like you said we pride ourselves in that in-person you know relationships that can be built you know and creating the make-a-wish experience for a child and family and so for that to be completely out of the out of the question with it being virtual you can still have that same level of impact just by what you just mentioned which are those yeah. you know those touch points you have with the kid and making sure that 
at the very least, they know that you haven't forgotten about them. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. And, um, and you know, we, we kind of talked about it earlier. We, we said the wish, wish game cube. So for those that are listening in, you know, you know, cats out the bag, I have to mention it. Um, so it's, we're, we're in a unique position where at our chapter, we not only are able to build great relationships with our volunteers and, and know you guys by name and, and then over the years kind of really feel close knit. Uh, but we also have a really supportive leadership team in our chapter where they kind of allow us to try things, you know, that maybe are a little bit out of the box that we've never, that haven't been done in the, in the past. Like this podcast is a perfect example. Um, but one of the things we did during the program, uh, within program is try to reimagine in a way what the wish game is. And for those that are listening in, the wish game is a tool that we train wish granting volunteers on where you look at the different categories of wishes and you kind of go through it with a child in conversation, in play, in whatever, whatever um, is appropriate for their age. And you start kind of picking out two out of every category. So you have two to go, two to meet, two to have, two to be, you know, two to give. And then um, you kind of throw all those things in a hat typically. And uh, you kind of start shaking them up, taking them out two at a time at random, and then have the child start kind of you know, narrowing down their wish ideas. And then eventually you come to not only their top choice, but you have an alternate wish and then you have a backup wish in the event that we're not able to grant the previous two. So we looked at that process of the wish game and then we thought, well, we're calling it a wish game. Why don't we actually have, when you play a game, don't you have pieces? Like you have things that come with it, a board, you have stuff, right? So when we were thinking about creating a new version of the wish game, we thought, how about we put it in a cube where you're able to put all the different categories of wishes on each side of the cube. Um, and then you're able to kind of spin, you know, throw the cube on the ground and see what comes up at random. And then go have that conversation go that way. Not only are you still getting everything you need on the wish grander side to complete the paperwork to then submit it to the office, but you're also creating a completely different dynamic in the process of, of playing the game. And um, the kids feel engrossed in it family members that are watching they want to play they want to spin the die as well and so um that's what we we saw as the the possible all the possibilities that can happen just from that interaction right in person you know that was the idea right it was going to be in person right. um so you were actually going to be one of the first pilot teams to actually institute it create you know actually put it into practice and we were going to then get your feedback to then share it out to the rest of the volunteer base um, when you were getting prepared to kind of get into that mode of playing this wish game, what were some of the thoughts running through your head? Because obviously we had never done anything like that before. Uh, we didn't know how it was going to be received, not just by the wish granting volunteers, but also by the families. So um, share with me a little bit about how that all worked out. I was like, no pressure or anything, just trying to be the guinea pig here. <laughs> um, but no, it was like, really exciting and like kind of an honor that like you guys like wanted me to be one of the first ones to try it but I was like really excited because I was looking for something a little more like interactive and kind of kind of like that like the wish game is always really like a good idea and theory but like sometimes like they get a little like confused and like put on the spot like they don't know certain things like maybe if they're younger like don't know a lot of places to go um, but I just felt like something where it's like interactive, like a cube kind of like takes their mind off of that aspect and put it more towards like the game and like their ideas might come more to their mind a little quicker, or, like kind of thinking things that like they may not have 
thought of like I don't know I just like so they're not really thinking about it too hard and it's kind of come a little more like lightly to them and that was kind of like the fun idea that I was excited to try which hopefully we get to uh soon (laughs) um but yeah and I think also like things like that can like branch off of like more ideas like we have the wish cube and if all goes well like maybe we can do like a board game and like set it up like on the floor and do little things like that just to make it a little more of like a whole experience um which I think is the whole point really yeah I gotta you you just said that and it just sparked a memory that I had from like five years ago where when apps were like the thing like you know how podcasts now are like a thing back when apps became like a thing I had thought about we need to set up a wish game app where it's connected somehow with Make-A-Wish, right? And so for the volunteer, you would be there with your phone or your iPad or whatever tablet. You would be um, completing the paperwork digitally, right? Um, so that, you know, we don't have to worry about deciphering chicken scratch and, you know, you know things that are all over the place are hard to read because uh, that's the reality of what happens to us at the office sometimes. So we would have everything kind of digitized. We maybe have the family... Your, your your paperwork, by the way, is always pristine. So I just want to. Uh, and then you have all the, you know, yeah, no doubt, absolutely. And then you have um, then you have the email signature. You know, you have you have some sort of electronic signature that you can do. Um, but then I thought, take that to the next level, and then let's have the wish game in some sort of app where the kid can kind of you know have it be again more interactive. And then all that information is kind of all that data is collected and then that's kind of translated into whatever paperwork we need internally to start working on the wish. So I remember, you know, looking around, seeing if we could do something like that. It was way um, more, it was just in the scope of it, it was just a very it was daunting and there's a lot of things that have to happen for it to work. But I think eventually we will get there where we will have some sort of virtual app game that there would be some, some um, opportunity there to kind of, mesh together technology with the wish process kind of like what we're doing we're, we're probably right at the cusp of it now because we've been doing it with virtual visits you take it to the next step and then you have something even more interactive so um yeah it's very exciting to see where we could potentially go as an organization with that um but we get there so we'll see and, and you'll be on the ride with us for the journey so uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely uh, be talking about it uh but you mentioned before you know you've been working from home since march i mean how's that been for you i mean how are you doing doing okay um I mean it could be worse uh I'm quarantined with my parents which as a soon-to-be 29 year old is hard as it is you know uh like I said it could be worse I mean like it's also kind of like a thing like a fun thing that I'm trying to look at it as where it's like we've never felt like this like before like we've never been through anything like this before so being able to kind of just like experience this and like trying to look on the bright side um you know it's like doing little things with my parents, like going for walks. Like I drag my dad for walks these days and I'm just like, come on, we're going to go. Um, <laughs> and like making him like eat healthy. I'm like, we can't have like steak every single night, dad. And he's like, why not? And just forcing that because like I was never home before. Like I was always at work and then I would go out and do like my own thing. And like, now that I'm home literally like 24 seven, like you kind of just like realize like, Oh wow. Like we got to like be more like healthy. We got to do this. And also just doing fun things like um being able to just like kind of like hang out and like watch like movies with my dad like um which half of them he falls asleep on but I think he likes them <laughs> um 
but just like doing little things like that like we binge watch like a tv show with my parents and little things um which i probably wouldn't have done a year ago so it's kind of like taking that and like being like well out of this really horrific time like at least like we're spending time together and doing little things which is nice and you talk about things that we would have never thought about a year ago I mean, you participated in our first virtual talent show. Can I just give you a shout out? Stars at Home. Um, <laughs> you were one of the first videos we received. So tell me a little bit about your Harry Potter magic trick. How did you think about that? How did you, uh, <laughs> you didn't think I was gonna talk about that, right? Please tell us a little bit about your love for Harry Potter. House Gryffindor over here, just saying. Your Gryffindor, okay. So yeah. we're friends, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I just grew up loving Harry Potter so much and just like, I don't know, I was never really a magic person. And I have to say it was one of the fun ones that we received during that virtual talent show, which, you know, by the time of airing of this episode, you know, we'll be sure to include a link in the show notes for your video of your magic trick. Mm -hmm. And, um, and who knows, maybe we'll have another virtual talent show, uh, version two, you know, second edition you know, by the time this episode airs. So we'll be sure to share that out as well. Our Stars at Home virtual talent show is back. We're bringing together the stars in our community to show support for local Wish Kids. And just like last year, these video submissions will be posted online and anyone can vote by donating in support of their favorite video. Now through July 11th, you can submit a video showing off your hidden or not so hidden talent. Your talent could be anything from dancing, singing, cooking the perfect omelet, crocheting, performing a trick with your favorite pet, or even building a dollhouse. All types of performances are welcome, so show us what you've got. The video with the most votes and dollars wins. This year, in honor of our 35th anniversary, we're aiming to raise a minimum of $35,000. What are you waiting for? Go to our show notes and submit your video today. Um, did you find any at all, any like cross-pollination between your creativeness of wish granting and, and being a wish granter and then kind of translating it into some sort of talent that you could share? Kind of, because I really don't have any talent at all. So, <laughs> I, But I really wanted to do something, but I didn't know what I wanted to do um, just because I can't really do much. But I remember like one of my wish kids and I, like we really bonded over Harry Potter uh, and I was like, oh, like a magic trick would be fun. So I just kind of like looked up online, like ones to do. And that kind of like was like the easiest one to probably get on camera. Um, but yeah, and, you know, it turned out great. And I was able to raise like, you know, a fair amount of money, which I was surprised, like family members and friends who contributed. Um, thanks, everyone who did that, by the way. Um, but um, yeah, shout out. <laughs> But it was really fun. And like, overall, I think it was like an amazing experience. I would totally do it again. I think that you guys totally should. Um, just because like, it was a quick thing to do. It didn't take long to make a 60 second video. And as a whole, like, as a group, we raised so much money. And didn't we reach our goal for that? I think we did. Yeah, we totally reached our goal. And we'll be sure to put that, that information in the show notes as well um about how we did at our stars at home virtual talent show we'll link out to our recap of the event um but yeah i mean it was one of those things that we did not know what was gonna come from it and then we saw the just how everyone got involved and how like you said people supported you guys you know each we we had i think off the top of my head i think it was like 47 different videos that i was working on to push out there and um and every video received a donation 
you know? So it's just one of those things that was so powerful during, we, we executed that in the end of June, at the beginning of July, I believe, is when we announced the winner for the Stars at Home virtual talent show. And so um, it was just one of those things that was just so much fun and exciting to see everyone get involved. So, you know, shout out to everybody that supported us, including you um, for that event. And so start thinking of a trick now, um, start brushing up. Maybe the origami might be something you might want to you know, submit as part of your stars at home. Yes, I could totally do it. Yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> origami. I, I, yeah, you know what? I used to love origami as a kid. And, one, and I used to do two things all the time, or actually three things for origami. I would be able to do origami ninja stars. I was able to do origami um, folding of dollar bills into like a, a dress shirt, which is pretty cool. Um, and I forget what was the that third one. Oh, and the third one was an origami ball, uh, believe it or not, where it's paper, right? You would think you can't make paper into like a round or a cylinder kind of shape, but there was this like, oh, process yeah, yeah. of doing it. And then you blow on one end and then it pops open and it becomes like a ball. And it was pretty cool. So those are the three origami tricks that I knew growing up. I have to brush up on my skills though. But um, I don't know if it counts as origami, but I would do like the fortune teller thing. Like, I don't know if that's uh, origami. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's I, it counts. I like Listen, origami is the folding art paper. of folding paper. Exactly. So yes. that was exactly it. You fold the paper, that works. Um, so we're going to end this, uh, this podcast with a section that we call the shooting stars segment, which is a series of questions where you'll say the first thing that comes to mind. What do you think? You, you down? I think so. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. So you've been volunteering for a period of time out of all the experiences you've had as a volunteer, what would you say is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? Um, Wish Gala. Ah, what's your favorite memory from the gala? I think just, like, I went into it very, like, unknowing what was going to, like, happen. Like, I'm kind of more of an introvert, and I'm, like, not good with, like, meeting new people. And it kind of just, like, put me out of my comfort zone where you're kind of just, like, talking to everybody and not just volunteers, but people who were there and, like, thanking you for, like, your your time. And um, definitely put me out of my comfort zone, but, like, everyone was so friendly and, like, I still talked to a lot of people from that gala and um, made a lot of friends. So it definitely was like a once in a lifetime experience and I would definitely want to do it again. That's awesome. You know, you've you've worked on about 10 wishes um, since you you were trained as a wish grantor. Um, Would you say, do you have any that are like your favorite or like maybe stand out out of all of them? I know it's hard to pick one, but you know, would you, do you have any idea of what your favorite wish you worked on or maybe you've heard? about over the years um I don't know about like favorite but I think one of the most unique ones that I worked on was for one that actually got granted I think like a year ago like two weeks ago and we she was nonverbal, so it was kind of like hard to you know we didn't really know what to do um because she couldn't really travel um so what we did is we had her family from Peru fly in and did like a whole kind of like weekend of celebrations with her and kind of took her like the Bronx Zoo and then we did like a whole kind of like big kind of like cultural um uh, event which is really nice and we did like a little party um and just like seeing all the family like so grateful that they were there to like you know see her and um just give like their blessings and all that stuff it was so nice and um definitely something that I've never experienced before but like I loved that wish it was such like a like different experience and it's 
something that like we didn't know going in what was going to come out of it but once we saw like the final product it was so incredible that's awesome thank you for sharing that um and obviously you know the next part of that question is if you could have a wish what would it be and to remind our listeners there's five formal wish categories which are to go to meet to have to be and to give so out of the five formal categories what would your wish be Nicole? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, I'm just going to say the first thing that just came to my mind, and it's probably not realistic in any way, but I'm going to wish to go web slinging with Spider-Man. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's never been done before, but we can we can find a way. <laughs> that's so cool. Actually, I can tell you that over the years, at our chapter, we've granted at least two Spider-Man related wishes. Um, and so I don't think any of them actually wish to go web slinging with them, but I think that's possible now. I mean, with the technology of web slingers now, I think we can make it happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm terrified of high, but you know what? I'll let it go for that one wish. Hey, there you go. That's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, and we'll just kind of close out this shooting star segment with the last question, which is, you know, what advice would you give to someone in the community that is interested in volunteering their time with a not-for-profit or a charity that's you know, local and, and close to home? What would you tell them about, you know, Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley and why they should choose us as their destination to volunteer? I think they should totally do it. It's an amazing experience, you know, whether you're just doing just the walks and the gala or you become a wish grantor. Um, we are such like a close, tight-knit family and we're all very welcoming. Um, and I think, you know, the stories speak for themselves too. Like you can listen to kids' stories about their wishes and how like they had such like an incredible experience once in a lifetime. And it really does make you want to be a part of it. So check that out. You can definitely read, I think you can read the stories on the website. Um, and like, you know, let them see for themselves. I think it's incredible. It really is. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us today on our Wish House podcast and for sharing Thank how many wishes touch your life. Yeah, no doubt. Listen, this has been one of the fun, one of the most fun podcast episodes we've had. And um, you know, we're looking forward to kind of maybe, maybe a year from now, after all this pandemic mess is behind us, we can regroup and then talk about how it is working with in-person again, yeah. as opposed to virtual. And then that'll be a nice part two to this. Nicole, thanks again for your time and, uh, and sharing your experiences with Thank us. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we get to hang out soon. <laughs> To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy.